Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Stack of Dice. We are excited to be here, and before we get started, we have a couple things we want to cover. First of all, we are going to be using sound clips from BattleBards. Go to BattleBards.com, check them out, sign up for a Prime subscription, and you get all sorts of great things coming your way. You get streaming access to the sound effects that you can use in your games, tools that you can use to set things up in advance to make your games come to life with all the sounds. And if you use our exclusive stack code, you get a 20% discount on your subscription. So check them out. If you like the sound you hear, chances are it's coming from BattleBards and you can really do some fun stuff with all those great sounds. We're going to start with a question. And our question for this time is, in episodes 6 and 7, each of you got to choose your stone's colors. Remind us of the color you chose and share why you picked that particular color. We're going to start with Michael first. I believe... Uh, let me think. This is quiz time, I believe. I, you know, I believe I chose like a maroon, a dark yeah. blood type in, in red. In the episode, you said a burgundy. Okay, yeah. But and, yeah, blood color. And the reason, the reason I, I just like, I like that color. I like that color. Um, like a deep, deep, like ruby type red color. And um, because at the time too, I had just sunk my teeth into a guy's jugular and I had had his blood all over me. And so it kind of fit to be sort of like bloodthirsty, so to speak. And so that's kind of why I chose that color. No no other personal preference? It's just what you chose based on the circumstances? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. All right. Thane, how about Peter? I chose to be kind of this vivid green, kind of representing the power of uh, healing and herbs and stuff like that. It just felt right for And Peter. I think your eyes are also green. Yes. Did that have any bearing on it? Yish. And Meredith? Um, I chose kind of a, basically the color of a gold topaz. And the reason I chose that color is because golden, well, topaz is my birthstone. And my favorite version of topaz is the golden topaz. There's all all different kinds. There's the smoky topaz and all different ones. But golden topaz is my favorite. And, yeah, I'm I'm glad we went over that. It's good to refresh our memory on these little details. And for an inspiration point... If you can tell me the name of your stone, <clears throat> you will get a free inspiration point that you can use in this upcoming episode. My stone's name is Scotch. Nope. Wait, what? No, no, no. That's that's what I wrote down. That's what you wrote down. It's yeah, but that's <laughs> that's what you said it was. Rysskostoch. Oh, what? <laughs> With that's a T. That's splitting hairs. <laughs> I'll give you the inspiration point. Yay. Meredith, do you remember your stone's name? Not even kind of. (laughs) (laughs) It's Elenasar. Okay, yeah, you're definitely going to have to spell that. E-L. E-L. E-N. E-L-E-N. E-S-S-A-R. E-S-S-A-R. (laughs) Q-I-X-N-P. And Michael, you get a free pass, but if you can come up with a name right now. Robert. (laughs) 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 <laughs> Nobody cares what your name is, Robert! Um, and I think I need to link to that in our show notes. <laughs> yeah, because I was going to say, I, didn't, I don't have a name. I never received the a name. The stone didn't have a name, right. And so you are free to come up with um, one. Smoothie. <laughs> Smoothie. Yes. Smoothie. Okay. Well, when you 
That is canon. <laughs> hey, that's a first name. Womberbash's stone's name is Smoody. <laughs> first word he's come up uh, with in a while. Nope. He came up with Scroodles. Oh, yeah. right. In episode 17. Scroodles. Sounds kind of good. Follow a band of intrepid friends as they seek to understand the world changing around them and as they work together to face a growing evil. Enter a world of adventure and mystery in Vardalon. Hello stackers, this is Rhett, the DM of this 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons adventure set in the homebrewed world of Vardalon. With me is... Meredith as Tira Ironstag. Michael as Womberbash Benson Mum. Thane as Peter Greyhawk. In our last game, Tira, Bash, Peter, and Rebeck left the tiny swamp town of Sedge behind as they crossed the dismal swamps of the Great Salt Marsh. Things were going smoothly when Tira spotted a partially submerged canoe with a jar in its prow and an exposed skeletal hand hanging over the side of the wreck. The party pulled over to investigate, only to be attacked from behind by a giant snake. The fight was brief but fierce, and Peter was dragged under the water in the dead snake's coils. Womberbash dove in to save his friend, and they managed to climb back onto the skiff's deck, exhausted, covered in slime, and ready to leave this vile place. At long last, the skiffmen, Snick and Burren, brought the party over to the eastern shore of the marsh, and now everyone is prepared to head east to Isling. Who's ready to tell a story? Oh, Me! Yeah. Right on. Before we get going, I do want to revisit the jar of coins, because uh, yeah. we didn't ever fully flesh out exactly what was in it. You had the, the copper and the silver and electrum. Yeah, I have lots of gold. Yes. <laughs> <written down. laughs> So we're going to go with a total of 307 gold pieces yeah. Whoa! in the jar. How are we splitting that up? And <laughs> Peter's first thought. All right, what's my share? <laughs> and 23 platinum pieces. And just for a reminder, platinum is worth 10 gold pieces. So it's like the $10 bill. So it's platinum, gold, electrum, silver, and copper? Yes, in descending order. How many gold pieces again? 307. You okay. all don't know what to do with yourselves. No kidding. <laughs> We're rich. <laughs> We're going to buy everything. <laughs> Payday. I'll buy this city. You have your horses. You've, you've managed to get them up off the skiffs through the boggy ground at the edge of the marsh and out onto the more solid ground. And they are obviously happy to be off the skiff. Their eyes aren't nearly as wide and rolling as they were before. And they're blowing and snorting, but after a short while, uh, they all begin munching at the grass, which is growing sweet and thick near the marsh. And as I said at the end of the last episode, you look across to the east and you just see rolling grassland that just looks marvelous after all this time spent in the swamps. And even more encouraging is a warm but steady breeze that's blowing in your blowing towards you. And it's blowing the insects, the clouds of insects, and the smell. It's not as strong standing here on this on this bank. Is there anything you want to do or say before you begin? I, I know we talked about restoring some hit points if you want to go ahead and do oh, that. Oh, yeah. Cause I took some pretty nasty thwacks from that snake. Yeah. I was like half dead. Yeah, and Peter did heal you a little. Right. But if you want to go ahead and use some hit dice to account for your time uh, on the skiff coming yeah, to this point. Yeah, maybe just at least one. Yeah. 
Yeah. You're, you're welcome to roll up to three. Right. I don't know if I want to use them all. I'll see how I'll see how well I do. Get this one. Oops. That doesn't count. I just dropped it. I was getting ready to do this. Ten. That's not bad. Plus your constitution bonus. Oh, well, that, I mean, my maximum is 42. And where are you? 34 plus 10. Okay, perfect. So I'm, so just, I'm just back up to full health. Woohoo! Tira gets off onto the grass, grabs her horse's reins, takes a deep breath of that fresh, clean breeze, and suddenly she just looks radiant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like she's beaming. I'm going to use all three of my hit dice, two eight-sided dice and one d10. Are you that low? Well, I took 18, which is more than... I, I took I took 18 points of damage um, out of my 28 points. Why don't you do points. it one at a time? That way right. you're not wasting D, them all. D10. 10. I gain 10 hit points. I'm going to do a D8. 5. That's good And enough. don't forget, you have the constitution bonus to add in. Yeah. So that's... Let's see here. It's plus 2. So, yeah, uh, that, that puts me up to full... Great. And you still have one hit die left. Yes, sir. And Michael, you don't need to do anything. I don't need to do anything. I, di- I didn't take any damage that mattered at this point. Um, but I am going to take ten handfuls of grass and put that into my bag. Okay. And you can put that in there with all your other little things that you've been collecting. Yeah. <laughs> Magpie style. Is there anything else you want to do? You want to take a rest here or anything you want to do to prepare? It, it looks... You probably have about 40 miles, so basically a full day's ride at a steady pace. If you gallop in, in spurts, you might make it in is, about Is there any indication that there's fresh water around here at all, stream or anything like that? Yeah, like do we need to refill our skin? Why don't you do a survival check? <laughs> <laughs> Luck point. Okay, it's an 18. You're nosing around through the grass and your foot just squishes down into a muddy patch and you can see bubbling clear water coming up from where you just stepped. Excellent. I'm going to lead Glue over there and uh, I'm going to have her take some nice, refreshing... She takes one sip and spits it back out. It's salt water. Just kidding. Uh, I was going to say, 18 doesn't mean anything these days. (laughs) Well, you found water. Yeah, yeah it's it's clear and it's sweet and she's gulping at it greedily and when the other horses see mm-hmm. that she is enjoying it she just comes right over and or the rest come over and start slurping right I'm going to sip from that as opposed to um taking it from my water bladder and I'll just Yeah. And and have you seen the videos of the little puppies or kittens that are doing circles around the food dishes they're yeah. eating? Yeah. Okay. So the horses are kind of doing that a little bit. Aww. <laughs> But their tails are swishing again. Their ears are up. They seem to be happy. You seem to be happy. And if that's all you want to do, you can leave. Put this place in your rearview mirror. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I want to do. Yeah. You asked what we were if we were going to say or do anything. Yeah. Peter's going to say "yeehaw" as he <laughs> as he rides off into the city. Can we please cut that out? It's too late, I'll say that as you were. <laughs> I think you should keep it in there. Oh, it's in there now. It made us all laugh. <laughs> the serious kid. Cut that out, please. It's at least a blooper reel.
Oh, yeah. Really cute. Yep. Okay, go ahead. Uh, as you were sitting there gathering yourselves, preparing. <laughs> <laughs> Trying so hard. <laughs> Thought I had it. <laughs> okay. He even realized after he did it, he was like, can we take that out of there? <laughs> No. Yeah. Like, okay, cut it. Yeah, I that. no, no, <laughs> That's my boy. <laughs> As you're resting on the bank and preparing yourselves for the journey eastward, uh, you do hear a little bit of clanging coming from the marsh. And as you look back, you can see the lantern fading back into the gloom as the brothers pull away. And so, uh, bye. Well, they <laughs> yeah. they had already started heading back. Just yeah. See ya. Tira says, good riddance. Yeah, right. <laughs> you mount your horses, and Rebek actually begins to set the pace. And you make your way, again, in alternating speeds from canter to gallop and back to canter again, taking frequent breaks, relishing the openness of the land and the cleanness of the air. And, of course, the further east you go, the more the last fetid wisps of the smell of the swamp begin to disappear and now you just have that salty water smell filling your noses as you gallop eastward the wind blowing over you as you go and it feels wonderful after a day maybe a quick stop for something to eat or maybe i don't know do you choose to eat in the saddle probably yes yeah. you see womber bass <laughs> gnawing on an eel strip and <laughs> as i'm reading my book yes <laughs> And you're making your way east, and then at last, ahead, you can see a hill with its slopes covered in buildings. It's drawing on toward evening. It's probably close to six or seven in the evening. And out here in the open plains, the sun stays up a lot longer. It stays light a lot longer than you're used to over in Arden, where you're on the west side of the mountains, and also up in the mountains where, where you're in Blinkenden. So, it, it seems like the day is lasting a lot longer here, but even now with the purples and the reds and the yellows in the eastern sky, you can see the slopes of the hill covered in buildings, and at the top of the hill, you can see a heavy stone keep, and sky blue pennants are snapping in the breeze coming off the water. Is that Isling up ahead? Rebek nods, and you come thundering up to the city, enter its gates and the guards are beginning their evening change of shift and they are beginning to close the gates for the evening so you manage to get in just in time and you find yourselves in the cobblestone streets which is a welcome change from many of the towns where you've been recently you can see them the horseshoes striking sparks up as you go what do you want to do coming into town what time is it it's about seven in the evening okay and we've eaten as we've gone along. I'm still hungry. Oh. When are you not hungry, Bash? A few moments ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just pick some <laughs> stuff out of your teeth. And how, how big is this place compared to Flinmore? Compared to Flinmore, it's perhaps a little smaller, but it's more spread out. Does uh, it have, like, libraries and things of that nature, or no? You don't know. Okay. Rebek might have an idea, but you don't know by looking at it. You're coming in at the southern slope of the hill. And the, a lot of the streets, if you imagine looking at it from above, it's concentric circles. So the, the streets seem to go around the hill, the base of the hill, 
and then up a level there it's a, a shorter road but as it goes up the, the roads get a little bit smaller each mm-hmm. each ring uh probably about four of those rings going up and again just buildings studding the slopes of this hill what are you looking to do now that you're in town well, remind me, this is this is just the port city that we came to to try and get across to um, Jama. Yes. All right. Um, Was there any specific place we were supposed to drop the horses off at? Oh, that's right. We needed to, these horses have to go back, don't they? I'm desperately Our, hugging pork meat. If you, That's right. These if, aren't our horses. Yeah. If you'll recall, when you left Flinmore, you asked for permission to, to ride them east. Feverfew said, yes, you can use them, but just leave them in Isling, and he would send somebody to collect them. That's right. Okay. Well. I'm going to jump down off my horse and uh, go over to the trough and wipe off some excess mud that I have on me or slop or slime that mm-hmm. kind of dried up that yeah. I never got off mm-hmm. it's, from the... It's in your hair. Yeah. And it's dried, and so the... I think ever since I cleaned up the first time back in um, Arden, um, I kind of like the idea of maybe having not a whole bunch of junk in my hair, so... I think I want to find some place to get this stuff out of my hair, basically. Okay. You're at the lowest level, and the bars and ends and things here look kind of seedy. You're, you're down close by the water. These are dock workers, sailors. This is the rougher part of town. The higher you go, you can see more refined-looking buildings, and presumably uh, that's where the higher-class people live. Uh, I'm... I'm wanting. I want to. I want to find a wise man. A wise man? Yeah. Well, that's right. You were looking for one in Blinken, then. Wow, I'm really forgetting something. Why are you wanting to look for a wise man? I, I want to ask him some questions. About nothing. Huh. Well, um, Rebecca, you're more familiar with this port city than any of the three of us. Uh, is there such a man around? It's a big city. I don't really come here looking for advice. Hmm. Um, are you looking for a, a, like a doctor or? I, I just I, I want to ask him some questions about about life. I think so. I hmm. I just want to find somebody who's like who who understands things. Thanks. <laughs> you could talk to your best buddies who have been fighting with you and traveling with you for. Three whole days. <laughs> Seems like we should have known each other longer, but um. I think we've been out and out and about, you know, just like adventuring and stuff for about five days or so. Yeah, remind us here, DM. With excuse, our... excuse me, sir. Do, do you know where there's like a wise man around here or something? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay he... you gotta be quicker. These people are kind of rude. They're just ignoring <laughs> just me. Ignoring. Hey, excuse me, ma'am. Is, are there? Is there a wise man around somewhere? No one's. <laughs> no one's looking at me. <laughs> sir, sir, is I'm, I'm looking for a wise man. Is there a, wi- a wise man here? Tira, can you ask, please? Everybody move! <laughs> Get out of my way! Says the guy that you're talking to, and he pushes right past you. Oh. Okay, um... He appears to be one of the dock hands, and he's just had a long day and smells of fish. Maybe we can ask at, like, the inn or something. Yeah, let's get out of this area and 
Is there a concierge? Concierge. <laughs> Let's head on up the hill. Maybe we'll find somebody. I'm assuming that uh, such a a man as you're looking for probably wouldn't be hanging out around the the lower levels. All these stupid sailors. What? <laughs> as you're passing an inn, uh, you can see a burly looking guy sitting on a bench outside the door and he looks really down. His left hand is holding a tankard, but it's kind of dangling from almost lifeless fingers. He's not sick or injured or anything. He's just listless. And he's got one hand holding up his chin and his elbow resting on his knee. This gigantic flowing red beard that seems to stick out in a bunch of different directions. And he does not look happy with the world. Look at that guy. <laughs> oh, look, he's well, so... that's not me. <laughs> oh, he's so ugly. That's kind of what you look like when I met you, buddy. Watch out. Um, um, and so we've moved uphill a little bit. No, you're still... still... This is you going up the hill, but oh. before you leave the, the lower ring, okay. you see him there. Well, hold on. Let's... Maybe he... I feel oh, like we're... we're supposed to talk to him because... He... <laughs> Now you're in my predicament. I know it. No, right. not really. Well, I'm going to walk over because being a Vashemite, and he, at first I'm, I'm concerned that he might have some kind of health issue, perhaps. And so I'm just going to walk over and I'm just going to ask, is everything all right? As you approach him, you're first greeted by a boozy smell. Nice. It's obvious he has been in the cups for the better part of a day. And as you stand in front of him, he leans back and you can see his eyes trying to adjust in their field of depth to who is standing in front of him. And he mutters something that you don't quite catch. Oh, buddy. I'm sorry, what was that? I said things couldn't be worse. How do you mean? (sighs) And he lifts the tankard and he just takes another big gulp. And you can just see the stuff from the tankard rolling down his beard and soaking in. I don't got time to talk with someone like you. Well, hold on. We, you... we could have just walked right past you. We were on our way higher up in the city, but my friend here stops and wants to help. That's no way to answer him. Who, who are you? I'm Tyr Ironstag of Ironstag Delve. Who are you? He looks momentarily confused, and you can just see his eyes still trying to focus. And he says, I'm not used to people talking back to me like that. I'm Captain Blodgett. Gesundheit. <laughs> I said I'm Captain Blodgett. Well, Captain, you want to try answering my friend a little bit more reasonably? Why don't you give me an intimidation check? Ooh, okay. Ooh. Ooh and I have a thing. <laughs> Natural 20. Natural 20. Something about the the iron in your tone makes him... You can see some of the the haze come off of his eyes. And he sits up straight, and then he stands up, and he's towering. He's got to be six and a half feet tall. But he stands there twisting his hands in front of him, and he says, My apologies, ma'am. I've had a very hard day. And he begins to take stock of you. Of the three of you, actually the four of you. He says, you all look kitted up. Where, where are you from? A land far, far away. We've... Tr- 
I'm trying to think if I would tell him where I was from. Well, you already have. Oh, that's true. I did. You're yeah. right. You're right. Um, we've traveled from Arden. Near Flenmore. Near Flenmore. Yeah, but your armor... I haven't seen goods like these for a long time. You look sure of yourselves, and I could really use someone who is sure of themselves right now. What do you need? If you come with me, I'll, I'll take you inside and get you something to drink, and maybe I can tell you my sad story. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We want to do that, don't we, guys? We don't have a lot of time to to sit and chat with the locals, but... You guys are the ones who talk to them. I know it. <laughs> Walmart Bash is it. just moving on. Yeah. <laughs> He's in search of the wise man. Um, Rebeck puts a comforting arm yeah. on the guy's shoulder, and he says, I'll listen. And then he looks almost reproachfully at the three of you well, and hey, follows was... him inside the dark, smoky interior of the building. Yeah. I follow. Yeah, let's just stay together, guys. Let's make this quick. I'll get something to eat. There you go. You sit at a table. It's a scarred surface, and you can hear raucous laughter all around you, people banging their tankards on the table, and the sounds of cutlery and all these things. It's a typical busy wharfside inn. And he sits down and picks at some of the splinters with a stubby thumb. Oh, I just had to go bail out my first mate earlier today. And I don't know what to do. I, I've got a shipment that needs to get back to Sethar-Ben as quickly as possible. And this is the worst possible timing. We just had the city council meet and they handed down these awful, awful requirements. There's been a lot of tension between Moriga and Seth Arban, and now there's this stupid new regulation that crews on the water have to have mixed crews, both Arbanim and Morrigans working together to, as a show of unity. Well, what do you think my first mate got thrown in for? For fighting these Arbanim. And he looks over at a table of very dark-skinned people, and they're talking quietly amongst themselves looking as though they don't want to stand out in this place. And then he looks back at you and says, I don't know that I can trust my first mate to run the <laughs> ship with me. I really need someone that I can feel will do the right thing and, and keep these men from fighting each other all the way across the water. Would you be interested in a berth in exchange for your service? I would. But, um, Peter! <laughs> I'm going with you. <laughs> Uh, guys, guys, <laughs> friends, yes, pals. Um, excuse us for just one minute, Captain. Um, I don't know what's happening. I kind of don't either. It's we we <laughs> literally just met him and just kind of got roped into listening to his story. It's. Super fortunate that he has a ship going to Seth Arban because that would really get us on our way. But we've known him for literally one minute. And this seems fast. I'm not sure how much I trust him. Well, he seems kind of trusting of us, too. We could be anybody. Exactly. It's pretty quick. 
But, I mean... I mean, this guy's offering us basically free passage for some, for some help, uh, whereas there's no telling how much we would have to pay to, to get our way ourselves over to South Carbon. It's either it's either by boat or days upon days of travel around this, this sea. No, we can't afford that time. We've got to get to Jama as quickly as possible. Um, I just find it interesting that if Jama moves around, how does he know that where where to go to find Jama? Well, he didn't really mention more... Jama. He just go. He's just going back and forth to Seth Arban. It's, you know, in the... general, he's. I think he's just a, some kind of a tradesman or something, yeah, captain they're... of a trade ship. Have maybe. you guys ever been on a boat before? I have not. No, not really. I don't know, and I didn't like the way those sailors were acting and the way they looked out on the. City, is it, do we have to travel with those people? Yeah, stupid sailors. <laughs> Watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Um. Well, I don't know. I guess we could try and find that out. But we had other business to take care of in this town. We've got to find somewhere to leave the horses. We've got to try and find you, uh, some sort of a, a wise man I, or a doctor, somebody to to ask your questions of. How do you think we should handle this with this? So what do you man? say? Oh my goodness! <laughs> I hear you talking over here. I I just want to know how, how how big is your boat? What's it look like? Uh, it's a sixty footer, the Scalded Dove, fastest ship on these waters. How many masts? <laughs> Two. <laughs> how many cannons? What? <laughs> <laughs> It's a merchant ship thing. Yeah. <laughs> he, he checks his cup. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 asked, you asked if we could help you stop people from fighting? Yeah. Who do you sail with? Oh. I'm sorry to drag you into the politics here. We've not had the friendliest of relations with Seth Arban. And things have gotten worse recently. And as a gesture of peace, the city council decided to form a pact with the council over in Ankar, over in Seth Arban. There's been piracy on both sides. We're, we're all at fault, both sides. The thinking was, if we have people of both nations on a single ship, that should keep pirates from attacking. I don't know that I agree with it, but no ship is allowed to leave the harbor unless there's a mixed crew, and so we just have to deal with it for now. So our... Is your crew these people at the bar? I don't... Some of them are in here. Some are on board. How many are there? Total, 34. How long of a, a, a journey is it to Sethar Band? It'll be every bit of a day. Oh, well, stink. <laughs> and we don't leave till the morning. What time? Uh, <laughs> First light. Excuse us for one moment, Captain. <laughs> Again. Yeah. One day. Let's do it. I mean, you can do anything for one day, right, Bash? Rebecca, you know this area better, probably. What do you think? It's a great offer. He obviously needs help. I, I'm not going with you. I have business here. But you're not going to find a better deal. And, and I mean, one day, most most ships plying these waters take perhaps a quarter longer than that. It must be a fast ship if that's how long it takes. 
And I mean, he's a merchant sailor. It's not like we're going to get saddled with him. He'll get us across the he'll get us across the sea to South Arban. He'll go his way. We'll go ours. I mean, he mentioned pirates, though. Yeah, but the whole point of having a mixed crew is so that the pirates from either side won't attack because they have they have countrymen on board. Watch as we get attacked by a mixed crew of pirates. <laughs> I just I think. <laughs> 34 is a lot of people to stop from fighting if there's a problem. It is, but they've never come up against the likes of us before, that's for sure. You get into a fight, I kill the both of you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You said your first mate was in jail? Well, I've bailed his sorry hideout. But again, I don't know that I could trust him. If he's supposed to be doing most of the running of the ship, and I'm occupied with navigation and so forth. I I don't know that I could trust him to keep peace between the men. We have some time if we take his offer. We can still go about, maybe get some things done before we have to leave with him in the morning, and then we'll be well on our way. The stag said time was of the essence and that we needed to get moving, and this is clearly the fastest way we're going to get there. All right. I guess we should do it. We'll stick together. It'll be fine. Knock on wood. So, what's the word? Well, Captain, we've decided to uh, accept your offer. Wonderful! (laughs) Wait, that was fever. That was (laughs) (laughs) fever. He jumps out of the pantry. (laughs) Well, that's Mar... My accent is sliding all over the place. I'm sorry. Say, f- I'm sorry for our friends in uh, in the UK. Yeah, I was, I, was, I was thinking the same thing, man. I was like, oh, honey. Yep, <laughs> this it's is, all. This is brave. <laughs> yeah, it is, and I apologize. <laughs> but this is my own country. This is my own world. That's right. <laughs> and this, this is how they speak. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> he immediately begins to shout with relief. He's beside himself. But it's obvious that he is thrilled that you've taken him up on the offer. Now, you understand we're not permanently joining your crew. No, no. Uh, How many of you have sea experience? Uh, We punted across a swamp yesterday. (laughs) He looks thoroughly unimpressed. (laughs) I saw water one time. I drink water for breakfast (laughs) every day. Listen, you don't need us for our sailing experience. You need us to keep your crew in line. And we can do that just fine. You do the sailing. I agree. I agree. And I asked you, uh, if you can meet me at first light tomorrow morning down at the docks, look for the prettiest ship out there. And then I'm the one next to her. What's the name of your ship? The Scalded Dove. All right, well, we need, we will be there. The Scottish love. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are asking for it. (laughs) The Scarlet what? (laughs) Oh, boy. Um, All right, well, we will be there tomorrow morning. Right now we have some some other business to attend to while we're in town. It's a deal. And he reaches out a... Mm -hmm. Very sl- yeah, a slab of a hand. Arm. Yeah, guys, we have a whole lot of money, and you know, <laughs> guys, do you really want to say that here? Say yeah, it. right. Just, <laughs> just shut up. No, I'm, I'm kind of. Where worse. is that money right now? It is. I'm holding it actually in my bag. Okay. Yes. All right. Oh. Uh, he boy. now that he has this resolved, 
the captain, Captain Blodgett. Blodgett. Looks relieved, and he, he immediately swings off and begins to celebrate with some other sailors with in there. more tankards. Yep. This is, like, really crowded. Can we go someplace less crowded to eat? Yes, let, let's head on uphill. You get outside. Your horses are still there, miraculously. Oh, whoops. <laughs> and you go ahead and lead them through the streets and find the path up, the, the road up. Rebek is the one who's leading the way on this, and he winds up the the gentle slope of the hill gets to the next level up and he says i think this will do nicely and he's outside of a a respectable looking place called the happy clam and it has little diamond leaded glass windows and a thatched roof which is no i'm sorry a slate roof and neat stone walls and so it just looks like a much nicer place, much quieter too. Down below, you can still hear the hubbub of the lower city, but here, with the breeze reaching you more and the the evening cooling off considerably from all the gunk and the funk of the swamp, this actually seems like a paradise. All right, let's go in here. We'll get something to eat. Tie up the horses outside. I assumed you did that before yeah. you went in, but I was referring more to the locale oh i see i see gotcha <laughs> yeah um yeah let's let's go on inside we'll get some food um and maybe ask around maybe somebody knows of a person that you can talk to Rebecca, it's gonna be weird not having you coming with us it kind of is he smiles a little lopsidedly and he says i know i'll miss you all too you've really pulled me through some hard times he turns and contemplates the fire that's burning in the hearth. Can I have some meat, please? <laughs> you cast your wistful look over at the person at the bar who comes over and takes your order. We have a, a very good fish stew. I don't want that. We have a pie that has a, a ground lamb and fresh vegetables in it. I'll have that. A fish too sounds good. And you, sir? The pie, please. And you, sir? And he looks at Rebeck, who waves a hand and says, Oh, this too. We'll, we'll make it even. And after that, he comes out with a rich red-looking stew. You see pieces of tomato and cut up white pieces of fish in it. Looks delicious. Smells very good. I'm hungry right now. No, I was thinking that sounds not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, he brings out two pies. They're they're about I don't know six inches yay, of, six inches big. across. <laughs> they're, yes, they're <laughs> about, about yay, big. yay big. And uh, a rich golden crust on top, and steam coming out of them. And he sets them down. And <laughs> I'm really getting hungry. <laughs> uh, Do you and have so, any gravy? <laughs> it's it's all inside. <laughs> <laughs> and so you all fall too. Yeah. Um, and he says, I see you You look travel-worn. Would you be interested in staying here as well? Yes, please. That would be lovely. I can send a boy to take care of your horses. Perfect. Hmm. By the way, uh, are we just going to kind of... So, so I'm talking to the group. Yeah. Are we just going to kind of leave them here? And maybe I'll leave word? Like, if you see a... 
big guy come no, water um, into town. Rebeck is staying behind for a few days to take care of other business. Do, would you be able to get word to Feverfew and let him know that the horses have arrived? Or is this something that we can leave you with? I can see what I can do. What happened to all that talk about all the hard times you guys coming through? But he was also the guy who like left his belongings with us and just jettisoned in Flynnmore too, and we didn't see him until. And then we busted open his suitcase. Yeah, just, just yeah. In, he yeah. walked in just in time to see you. Put on. Hey, speaking of which, are we gonna give? Uh, I'm, I'm just talking to the three. Sure. Yeah. Uh, oh, we're gonna give him some of this money, right? That we got I from the jar. You were, yeah. I mean, what do you think? Like um, twenty. Twenty-five gold pieces, maybe. Sure. I have 10 copper pieces, 150, I mean, I'm sorry, 10 silver, 150 yeah. copper, 11 electrum, 307 gold, and 23 platinum. So we're going to do minus 25 on the mm -hmm. gold. Okay. For Rebeck. Yeah. How are you going to present it to him? I, I, I'll do it if you don't mind. No, go ahead. Hey, Rebeck, before, before we go, because I think I'm going to go to sleep. I'm kind of kind of tired, and we have to get up so early. Um, I think... I think we want you to have this this gold, and that way you can you can get yourself another instrument and some things. And um, may I have my dagger back, please? You see it. His eyes are watering. They're tearing up at the corners. <laughs> you would do that for me? Yeah, you're my friend. Oh my god! He sniffs loudly and wipes his eye with the back of his hand. I don't, I don't know how to thank you. And as you, I guess you slide the stack of money toward him or something, uh, he carefully picks it up and looks back at the three of you again, making eye contact with you. And then he just smiles real big and puts it into a pocket in his trousers. <sighs> I, I have never met such good friends. Thank you for letting me be a part of you for just a short while. I have many stories to tell from our short time together, <laughs> but what stories they will be. Like you, I'm dead tired. And dead tired of being this disgusting. And he looks down at his clothing. <laughs> you can see there are holes picked in it from the thorny bushes in the swamp. Uh, it's sweat-stained begrimed and everything. He, he just wants nothing more than to be clean again. Mm -hmm. And so the, the keeper of the inn, hearing you discussing these things, has already made preparations for you. There are copper basins upstairs filled with hot water mm -hmm. and all sorts of scented things. And so <clears throat> you are free to go on upstairs and get yourselves cleaned up to whatever level you want. Uh, okay. I'm assuming, unless you state otherwise, that you're just getting cleaned up. Uh, unless you want to do something different with your appearance. Uh, no, I don't want to change my appearance at all. I'm just getting cleaned up. Are you still doing your hair in a ponytail? Yep. Lumber basket? Yep. Okay, and Peter? Uh, well, I'm going to... I'm going to get all my armor off, I guess, clean myself, and then I'm also going to just spend a, a great deal of time cleaning my armor. Excellent. Hey, uh, mister, is there like a... Is there like a library and like a place I can talk to like a wise man here at all? Library? We have a scriptorium, but that's not quite the same. And 
I would say the, it's part of our monastery here, and there are certainly wise men there. Would that be sufficient? Yeah, how far away is it from here? It's up at the next level. Okay, I'll be, I'll be back in a little bit, guys. Okay, we can all go. I was about to say, I'm going with you, no, but no, I'm... No, no, that, that's okay. I'll cleaning. go by myself. Are you sure you don't want to stick together? No, no, I'm, I'm fine. I'll, I'll be back. All right. All right. Well, I'm just going to go upstairs and get this sea monster slime out of my clothes. <laughs> okay. You head up and go ahead and get yourselves ready. Wamberbash, you have not yet cleaned or you you are post-cleaning? Yeah, yeah, and it's not really like a thorough cleaning. I just basically washed as much mud and stuff off of me and I ran water in my hair and just put it back up in a ponytail and kind of washed some dirt and slime off my face. But okay. by Enough no to means, be somewhat presentable, but, it, but not, yeah. maybe still a little remnants of yeah, exactly. dirt and grime. You make your way up the hill and as you get up to the next level, the sky is very purple heading toward black. The breeze is deliciously cool coming off the water. You can hear the sound of chanting coming from the distance, and you can see a small walled-in building. There's a cloisters of a monastery. I'm going to open up the door, or like kind of like just peek in and say, Hello? One of the gray-robed acolytes there comes over quietly, patting on bare feet, and the chanting continues. You have not disturbed their evening We'll call them the Vespers, the evening prayers. How may I help you? I, uh, I, I, I want to know some things. Like, I grew, I grew up in the woods, and I sometimes I can't understand what people are saying, and I don't understand a lot of things ab- about life. And I, w- I was wondering if, if you had like something, like maybe a, a book or or a scroll or something that I could read. To, to learn about about life um, I, I I have this other book and and in it it says the a philosophy and art of sword fighting and I was looking at the word and like philosophy is like the study I was wondering if there was a study of life or something something that I could read you're asking some heavy questions can I take you out of this room so we don't disturb the others oh, okay he guides you off to a side room and there you can speak a little more openly. I, I don't know, you didn't even tone your voice down through that, did you? <laughs> no. no. He, he was casting glances over his shoulder the whole time, hoping that you weren't causing a problem. He takes you into this separate room, and it is it appears to be the scriptorium. There are what look like standing desks to us, but tall stools in front of them. And even here at this hour... Um, you can see in the dimness of the room, there are just pieces of parchment everywhere, bottles of ink, stacks of feathers that have been cut in preparation for the next day's work, and bags of sand on each table to help blot up the extra ink. He goes over to a shelf along the wall. It looks much like the shelves in the library in Flynnmore, where they have these X's in them to help stack scrolls neatly. And he begins going through them, and he says, the closest I can find is this one. We have a, this is a copy, and so we, we wouldn't be giving you the original anyway. But these are the sayings of Ardenel, and perhaps you can find some guidance in there that would help you. 
And I, I, I'll be leaving soon. I can take this. We charge for these. In fact, we, we do lots of commission work for the more wealthy in the city. Would you be willing to give a donation? Like, do I wash something or? For 30 gold pieces, that, that is our standard rate. 30 gold pieces, that's a lot. How, how big is that scroll? Looking at it in his hands, you can see it's a substantial scroll. It looks like it might actually be several pieces of vellum that have been rolled together. I can't, I can't give the money away without asking. Um, is there any other, any other, anything smaller or anything else that you can give me that I, I, I just, I don't know anything and I, I want to, I want to know more. He goes back to the shelves, takes the one that he had pulled out, and slides it back in. This is a copy, another copy, of of an ancient text, the Ruminations of Veld. You're welcome to buy this one for ten gold. It's a smaller text. Ten. He's Uh, counting on his fingers. Okay, I'll, um... Okay, hold on a second. I take my bag down and look, look inside, and I look at it, and... It looks like a lot of money in here. I think 10 should be okay. I hope they don't get upset with me. Maybe I just won't say anything. Okay, so I take out gold pieces and I give it to him and I wrap up the that's bag. That's right, that's right. And so once you give him his, the 10, he slides them off the table into his hand. And he says, is there anything else we can do for you this well, evening? One more thing. Do you see my, my bracelet? Have you ever have you ever seen a stone like this before? I've never seen anything like that. What is it? It's a stone, but like you've never seen anything like it. It's beautiful. What that red glow to it is? I've never seen anything like that. Okay, I just I wanted to know some more about it. I'm not really sure. No, I, I'm sorry. We've not run across anything like that. Okay, I, I have to be going. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, have a good evening. May Ardenel go with you. And you leave the monastery. Uh, let me just paint the picture just a little bit. The monastery is on a small outcropping on the edge of the hill that looks out over the port itself. So the city, the, if you look at the hill from above, it's slightly crescent-shaped with the port, with the with the port falling somewhere in that crescent area. And so this is a small ledge. Ledge is too small, but it's an outcropping of the hill that has been reinforced with stone. And so this monastery is actually kind of perched on the edge of the hill directly above the water below. And so it really is a lovely view, a completely unobstructed view of the, of the sea lying out, stretching out ahead of you. And even from here, uh, with a day's journey, you can just make out small pinpricks of light on the distant, distant, distant shore. All right, so you head back down. Okay, you go back to the... Glad Clam? The Happy Clam. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, are Peter and I in a room? Yeah, you, you have arranged for your own rooms. It's more expensive here than it mm-hmm. was in Lincolnden, so it's one gold piece per person. Okay. So it's just, we're just whittling this thing down here, aren't we? Yeah, well, got the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So actually, that would be then three 
We, he took the money with him. He did. We we'll, can get say it, we'll get it eventually. Yeah, we, we can say that you've arranged for stuff, and, and the okay. innkeeper is aware. I, I come to the door, and I open up the door of the inn, and I look around, and I say, Where are the rooms upstairs? Yes. And I'm going to run upstairs yep. real quickly. All right. And so, oh, you're back. That didn't take very long. I thought you would talk to... I found it. I, I talked to somebody. Did you ask him your questions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I asked him. What'd you ask him? What do you have there? My bag. Can we not see the scroll? It's in my bag. (gasps) He's hiding stuff. Okay, well, good night. (laughs) (laughs) Leave my room. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Did we ever really arrange with Rebeck to take care of the horses, or have we done that at all? We can say that Rebecca is willing okay. to do it. He's not sure of the logistics of it, mm-hmm. but considering that you've paid him and you've been such good friends to him, he is willing to uh, to okay. do that. All right, so that's been taken care of. What's the name of my scroll again? The Ruminations of Veld, V-E-L-D. Well, I think I'm ready to go to bed. I We have a... Pretty long day ahead of us tomorrow, and there's no telling what it's going to bring. Um, I'm just ready to go to sleep. I can't think of any. I'm trying to think of something else more interesting that we could do, but. Uh... I go into my room, and I pull off my bedding, of course, and I put it on the floor, and I take off my mantle and my vest, and um, I lay down, and I, I have a fire going, hopefully. Yes. And... Um, this is a very comfortable place. And I'm, so I'm going I'm to sit in front of the fire and I'm going to open up my scroll and start to read it. Um, and um, the text is very ornate, so it's a little bit more difficult for me to read it, but it is written to where I can read it. Um, and so I, I begin to read it, read it there. Yeah. Will you leave me alone? I haven't heard from you in such a long time. Will you just seriously leave me alone at this point? Something about the combination of the long day... And the heat from the fire, the flickering flame, before you know it, you're out. Awaken in the morning. And I think we're going to call the episode here. Some things happen, not a whole lot, but uh, we are advancing the story. And so uh, here you've made it to Isling. Yes. You are prepared to find your way across to Sethar. Found passage across. Do we get experience points for finding Isling? You get a discovery point, and I'm going to say you get three extra experience points. Total of four for Isling. Obviously not a complete discovery because you haven't been to every level, Mm -hmm. every place, and so on. But yeah, basically four experience points total for coming to Isling. Uh, Interacting with the captain gets you one experience point. I think she should get an extra one for intimidating him enough to Mm -hmm. like... I was gonna. I was going to nominate myself during Norse battle. <laughs> I really did good with that guy. Yeah, you did. Yeah, let's go ahead with the Norse battle. And so, Meredith, why don't you take two? Yay! For so that means so far she's got with, seven total, right? Yes. Okay. Not putting up with his mess. That's right. <laughs> Shenanigans. <laughs> I like that word. And Walverbash, for your continuing pursuit of knowledge, um, I'm going to give you two for that i think you should also get one because he's starting to see the value in personal relations with people because he was like he called rebecca a friend mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And so he's like he's bringing more people into his little world. Take one for that. And I did. <laughs> you said yeehaw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's about it, folks. So now it has to stay in. <laughs> now you can cut that too. Yeah. <laughs> now let's keep it in. All right, anything else? That's about it, I think. Okay. Let's go ahead and do our recap of experience points. Meredith? All right. Tira is 32 points into level three. Wamberbash is 38 points into level three. Yikes. Peter Greyhawk is 32 points into level three. Great. Before we close out for good, we want to give one quick shout out, a very important one, though. We want to thank Rob Irvin of Rob Irvin VoiceOvers for, again, letting us use his dulcet tones as our introduction to each show. And we hope to do more with Rob in the future as we continue this show. We just want to thank him, though, for working with us to provide us with such a great introduction to each show. If you're interested in having professional-grade voice work done in your show, feel free to contact Rob. He is available on Twitter at RobIrvinVO, or he has a website, RobIrvinVoiceOvers.com. So feel free to contact him and see what he can do to punch up your show a little bit. That's all we have for this time. We want to thank you for joining us, and we are looking forward to playing with you again next time here at Stack of Dice. Air it extra dry. That's right. <laughs> we just recently watched some 80s commercials just yeah, to yeah. refresh our memory. It's fun. Uh, cartoon intros. Yes. Yes. <laughs> when they're all power ballads or them. girly girl yeah. songs. <laughs> yeah, you could definitely, you could instantly tell whether it was a girl cartoon or a boy cartoon. The girl cartoons usually open with harps. <laughs> <laughs> My little pony. Yes. And the dudes always started off with this, like, hard guitar, guitar riff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and some guy going, <laughs> In the time of the future, yeah. we will rule I, the world. I, I, after listening to about a good half dozen, I thought, you know what's so funny? All these boys' theme songs and these cartoons talk about the future belongs to you, the future is in your hand, and you gotta you rule know. the universe. Yeah, it was all about. Like it, it's, it's up to you, and the future is yours, and and winning the day, and all the girls is like, this baby close yeah, your take eyes care of this when baby. you're making <laughs> <laughs>